1: with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses, or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it, we will not surrender for it, now or ever, we are Americans. This is Always
0: Right on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France.
2: Yes, indeed, it is Always Right on AM 1420, The Answer, on a Thursday, the seventh morning of the ninth month of the year, or excuse me, uh, <laughs> You can tell when I'm looking at the clock instead of the uh, the date, because uh, I just did that. How about that? Seventh morning of the ninth month. No, no, it would actually be uh, seven minutes after nine o'clock on the 24th morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2022. How about that? That's a great way to start this program. But then again, I'll be honest with you, it's kind of, um, it, it, it may be just in keeping with the, the theme today of hearing things that make no sense. That made no sense. Um, and what we're hearing now on the in the uh, beginning stages of this invasion by Russia of Ukraine doesn't make any sense either. And I'm talking about not President Joe Biden, who I don't think has made sense in probably over a decade. Um, I'm talking about former President Trump. You talk about not making any sense there's an element to what Donald Trump is doing and saying right now that is absolutely impossible to comprehend, impossible to understand, impossible to justify, impossible to defend. And we're going to talk about that coming up here in uh, in a short in short order. President Trump went on a national radio show yesterday and went on Laura Ingram last night and proceeded to say things that just made you scratch your head and say is he is he all right? Is he there? Is he is he good? The same kind of questions we ask on a fairly regular basis of Joe Biden have to be asked right now about President Trump. What is he thinking? What is he talking about? And I'll explain that coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, coming up on the program in about a half an hour, I'll ask that question at 9.35 of, of uh, Congressman Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan will join us as he usually does on Mondays, but uh, we had a scheduling issue. Actually, not a scheduling issue. We had President's Day on Monday, so he'll be joining us coming up at 9:35. He's one of the strongest supporters in Congress for President Trump. He wants him to run again. He thinks he'll win again, and maybe he's right. I don't know, but I do know that he is one of the biggest supporters. And I'm going to have to ask him to make some sense out of what President Trump said yesterday on two different uh, interviews that make us make me wonder anyway what in the world he is thinking and where he is headed with his. Uh, Uh, line of reasoning. So we'll talk to Jim Jordan at uh, 9.35, then at 10.10, as it is a Thursday, we will talk as we always do on Thursdays with Dr. Everett Piper, uh, who's got a lot of very important wisdom to drop on us then. So Jim Jordan and Dr. Everett Piper coming up on the program today. What do you say we start this broadcast as we always do with our pledge? I got a text yesterday from a friend who is visiting, um, vacationing rather, in the the Dominican Republic, who was listening Online, uh, from the DR, and who stood up in essentially what, uh, it's probably a resort, he described it as a jungle. (laughs) I don't believe him. Uh, I'm sure he had a Mai Tai. Uh, Anyway, uh, he he, uh, said uh, right there in the middle of the Dominican Republic, he stood up and uh, did the Pledge of Allegiance with us. That's awesome. So uh, I really love that commitment that people have. So, patriots, go ahead and stand up wherever you may be, whether it be in uh, Bedford Heights or in the Dominican Republic. Stand and join us for our Pledge of Allegiance. If you are a Biden voter, if you are a believer in big government policies, if you are a believer in declaring martial law to hammer back protesters in your own country the way Justin Trudeau did in Canada, if you are a believer... Uh, in CRT, and so much more. Well, we know you don't believe in America, so go ahead and take a knee next to your favorite ex-quarterback. As for the rest of us...
0: I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
2: Okay, uh, 11 minutes after 9. Before I get into the obvious big story of the day, and it's going to be something that is, uh, I think, long-lasting and very impactful on our lives. And that is, of course, the invasion by Russia uh, into Ukraine. Before I get into that and how it will impact us, uh, I want to respond to something quickly because I find it a little bit comical. You you probably know if you listened the last couple of days. I spoke on Tuesday to gubernatorial candidate Joe Blystone, who launched some pretty pretty strong accusations at uh, fellow uh, gubernatorial candidate, primary opponent Jim Renacci. And uh, I brought Renacci on yesterday to respond to those allegations uh, and this description of a vote. <coughs> excuse me, of a congressional vote. Uh, made by uh, the Blystone campaign. So the Blystone made uh, a pretty strong accusation Uh, on Tuesday. I said, where's the proof of that? They sent me their quote-unquote proof, which was simply their description and interpretation of a vote that was held uh, in uh, Congress in 2016. Uh, It was not... Uh, my description or my interpretation of it in any way, shape, or form. I brought Jim Renacci on to respond to it and give his description and interpretation and his intent behind his vote. Uh, And Joe Blystone apparently didn't like that one bit. And as is appearing to be his routine, this just seems to be his M.O., Joe Blystone uh, attacks anybody that may disagree with him, including people who share some of the same values. I share the same values as Joe Blystone with respect to getting rid of Mike DeWine. I, res- I share the same conservative values, uh, you know, that most of the people probably listening to this program share. But um, what I don't like to do is simply beat down anybody with whom I disagree. Joe Blystone has made that the cornerstone of his campaign. Nino Matali, very conservative, Ohio State representative, uh, thought Or rather, Blystone thought he was going to have his endorsement. Nino Vitale endorsed Jim Renacci, and suddenly Nino Vitale has got to go. He's a persona non grata uh, being attacked by Joe Blystone. I don't go on the air after getting a message from Blystone yesterday morning telling me what to say about the Renacci story, telling me what a curious journalist would ask. And by the way, that language does not belong to Joe Blystone. Whoever is holding his phone for him and texting messages out on his behalf yesterday, sent that message to me and told me what to say. And, of course, I didn't say it at all. I allowed Jim Renacci to speak for himself. If I do give my opinion on the matter, I completely disagree with the perspective offered by the Blystone campaign on the vote uh, in, in question. But anyway, Joe Blystone didn't like that one bit. And so he took to Facebook last night to disparage me. Last night, quote, I discredit Bob France as a true broadcaster with integrity. After sending him J.R.'s congressional vote on the Maloney Amendment, he still refused to hold J.R. accountable for his woke leftist ideology. I'll stop right there just because of the hilarity of that. Uh, woke leftist ideology. The one thing that I would never call Jim Renacy after talking to and interviewing him for the last, what, six years, seven years? Seven years, I think. We had him on every Friday when he was in Congress to get an update on what's going on on Capitol Hill. The same way we have Jim Jordan on every Monday, uh one thing I would never call him is woke nor leftist, but anyway uh that's the narrative that uh, Joe Blystone has to paint to try to find a way to gain traction in a race that he has no legitimate chance of winning to call him a long shot would be doing him a favor that would be generous and charitable to say he's a long shot, but knowing that he's going out to attack anybody and everybody uh, that might uh you know that might get in his way. He wanted, he wanted to write, I thought, or excuse me, I knew Bob was good buds with J.R., but not to the level of dishonesty. The people are done with lying fake media like Bob France. As a quote from Joe Blystone on Facebook yesterday. Uh, first of all, it's not a matter of good buds. Jim Renacci is a public figure, or was a public figure as an elected representative, and since then he's been a candidate for governor, and I have him on, and I talk to him. The bottom line is, I agree with him on probably 99% of the stuff that he says. I agree with Jim Jordan on probably 99% of the stuff that he says. Who knows, if I talked more frequently with Joe Blystone, I might agree a lot more with the stuff he says, but not when he's going to tell lies, and not when he's going to mischaracterize a vote simply to try to take a bite out of a primary opponent. The Maloney Amendment in question that he and his team have made, essentially, I mean, literally, the, the one and only central Point of the campaign to try to to take down his anti-Dewine uh, primary opponent, Jim Renacci, is all about this vote. That's all they've got. Like nothing. It's like kind of bizarre. That's when I had him. when I had him on the other day, I wanted to find out a little bit more about you know what his uh, impression of Jim Renacci was. I asked him for his impression of Mike Dewine, and literally the only thing he's got is this this ridiculous narrative that they've crafted about a bill and an amendment to a bill that had nothing to do with bathrooms, nothing to do with trans bathrooms. had everything to do with discrimination in hiring policy. All Jim Renese voted for was a bill and an amendment that said you can't give federal funds to states that discriminate in their hiring policies, which, by the way, is is essentially the Civil Rights Act. Just that Obama added LGBTQ and trans people to the list of protected classes in the Civil Rights Act. And so AC and a whole lot of other people simply voted to, uh, to say you can't fire somebody for being gay or trans or whatever. Now, personally, I think an employer should be able to hire people that they like, that they think represent their business well. And if somebody is being a little bit um, out of the ordinary and it causes harm to the business, I think they ought to have a right to be able to say you can't do that but to simply fire somebody for being gay or having a an identity issue or whatever is is something they're saying you shouldn't give federal funds to states like that. So they changed the entire story to fit, you know, the Blystone narrative and now when uh, a broadcaster like myself uh reads that and I can read, by the way, uh Farmer Joe, I can read. Um and gives the reality of the story and then allows the man who's been attacked by the story to defend himself. Suddenly, I am not a broadcaster with integrity. I am part of lying fake media, and Jim Renacci is woke and leftist. This according to Farmer Joe. Uh, Farmer Joe, do yourself a favor. Uh, pick, Pick battles that you can win. The gubernatorial race is not one of them. I can honestly tell you, Picking a battle over conservative credentials and ideology with me is not a battle you can win. Take me on if you must on social media, particularly when I'm still in Facebook jail and I can't re- defend myself on your ridiculous post. Yes, I'm in Facebook jail because apparently the woke leftist and flying fake news media guy like me got what I deserve by Facebook when I posted a video of Dr. Robert Malone, the patent holder on MRNA technology, gave a speech on MRNA technology and what it meant to the MRNA jabs produced by Big Pharma. Yeah, I shared that video, and that got me banned from Facebook for 30 days because of community standards on misinformation. So, Joe, yeah, if you feel you must, all I can say to you is, is two words. The two words that I'm actually very fond of, two words that I think really sum up most situations like these. If you truly feel like you must take me on in order to try to gain some traction for your very, very, very desperate campaign for governor, bring it.
0: I'll be right back. Welcome back to Always Right with Bob France. All
3: right, all right, all right.
0: On AM 1420 the answer. All
2: right, 922, the invasion is underway. This was uh, widely expected uh, in the last uh, few weeks as uh, the chatter began to increase and uh, more and more uh, pieces were put together that Vladimir Putin was indeed going to invade uh, eastern Ukraine. They have done exactly that, and according to reports, dozens of people are already dead in the very early stages of this invasion, and that's a problem quite obviously. We're going to talk about this in a lot of depth coming up with uh, Jim Jordan at uh, 9.35, but I need to get something out now. Um, I do not want us to be a part of a ground war or any kind of a conflict from a military standpoint with Russia, particularly not over Ukraine, which is a non-NATO country, and in other words, not somebody that we are essentially compelled to, to engage with and and defend in in a case like this. I also do not want Vladimir Putin to be able to continue to invade other countries with impunity trying to rebuild the Soviet Union. So there's an element of this that I think we should be involved in, and I've talked about this, that we should absolutely be involved in sanctions, hopefully sanctions joined by other countries, to try to really do some damage to the Russian economy, uh, to, uh, you know, to Vladimir Putin personally and to some of his oligarchs, some of his leadership, some of his allies. I think we should be engaged in that because we have to try to stand up and make a strong, uh, stance against this type of, of blatant power grab, this, uh, this expansionism and the attacking on a free sovereign country. Are attacking of a free sovereign country. So we, we cannot be a part of a ground war, a, a, a physical military battle with the Russians, but we do need to be a part of the uh, economic type and diplomatic sanctioning that does need to be done to somehow, somewhat, uh, try to rein in what, what Putin is, has begun. Now, Having said all of that, the one thing I would never do is give any credit to Vladimir Putin. The one thing I would never do is praise Vladimir Putin. The one thing I would never do is try to justify his actions. Vladimir Putin, a former KGB operative who has killed many, many people, a man who is responsible through his decision-making as the leader of the communist state of Russia, has killed untold numbers of people. Vladimir Putin is not to be praised. And yet I sit here this morning... Being forced to condemn not just our current president for his weak, feckless ability to make strong decisions to try to deter these actions from a from a communist strongman like Vladimir Putin, but I have to praise the, or I have to uh, uh, condemn the last president as well. I don't know where Donald Trump's head is right now. I do know is that what I do know is that Donald Trump went on a national radio show yesterday and praised Vladimir Putin hours before Vladimir Putin began his invasion of Ukraine. I don't understand this. And while I hate to give you CNN in your ears, here is the CNN introduction of Donald Trump's quotation um, on a national radio show. Former President Donald Trump praising Vladimir Putin, calling his invasion of Ukraine,
0: quote, savvy and genius.
4: I said, this is genius. Putin declares a big portion of the Ukraine, of Ukraine. Putin declares it as independent. Oh, that's wonderful. So Putin is now saying it's independent, a large section of Ukraine. I said, how smart is that? And he's going to go in and be a peacekeeper. That's the strongest peace force. We could use that on our southern border border. That's the strongest peace force I've ever seen. There were more army tanks than I've ever seen. They're going to keep peace all right. Uh, correction, this wasn't
2: yesterday. This was Tuesday he made that statement. So on the eve of, or one day before the invasion was to begin, not hours before, but one day before, um, that's what you heard. President Trump praising Vladimir Putin as putting tanks on the border of, of Russia and Ukraine, and calling it a peacekeeping mission, calling it genius. The strongest force for peace, he said, he's ever seen. He went on to say that he knows Vladimir Putin very well, and that this was a brilliant move. Now that was on Tuesday, uh, again on a national radio show. Now let's come a little bit more current to last night on the Laura Ingram show another just head-scratching moment and a head-scratching comment
4: by our 45th president. I think the whole thing, again, would have never happened. It shouldn't happen, and it's a very sad thing. But you know what's also very dangerous is you told me about the amphibious attack by Americans. You shouldn't be saying that because you and everybody else shouldn't know about it. They should do that secretly, not be doing that through the great Laura Ingram. They should be doing that secretly. Nobody should know that, Laura. And you know no, you they're, they're, that was the
3: Russian. Now no, those are the Russian, the Russian uh, amphibious well, landing. I thought you said we, that. You said that no. we were sending no. people in. Oh, no, okay. I did not. No, no, right. no, no, no. That oh, would be,
4: okay. That, okay. Would be that would be news. that would be news? And you no. know what? Hey, Robert, that's all we need. That'll be next. Okay.
2: The former president embarrassed himself on the Laura Ingram show last night by by acknowledging that he thought American forces were going into this battle between Russia and Ukraine, that we had amphibious forces that were going into Ukraine. And his lawyer just said, no, 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 sir, the Russian amphibious forces. uh, If the American amphibious forces were doing this, that would be news. One would think that the former president would be aware If we had amphibious forces being sent in, he wouldn't be learning of this through a talk show host on Late Night Fox. Um, So I don't understand. I don't understand where President Trump's head is right now. One day, Tuesday, he's praising Vladimir Putin for going into, for declaring large portions, his words, large portions of Ukraine to be independent, large sections to be independent. Uh, and that he's going to go in and be a peacekeeper, the strongest peace force that he's ever seen. We could use one of those on our southern border. I I don't understand it. He described the move as genius. He said he knows Vladimir Putin very, very well, and that uh, what Vladimir Putin is doing is, is, is is a genius peacekeeping move. Just a few hours later, there are dozens and dozens of people dead in Ukraine. People are fleeing that country. The Ukrainian government is arming every citizen, or at least everybody, I think they said, who, is a, who has been a veteran. Uh, anybody who can essentially handle a weapon is being given a weapon to battle the invasion of the Russians. And President Trump praised it. I don't understand it. I'm trying. I want to. I can't. I want to lay the blame for this at, uh, at the feet of people where it belongs including and especially Joe Biden, who invited this invasion by way of saying a minor incursion wouldn't be responded to. I want to put this at the feet of Joe Biden, who gave Russia leverage over controlling energy all throughout Europe by greenlighting the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which sent natural gas from Russia to Germany, giving them all the leverage they needed. I want to put this at Joe Biden's feet, and I will. But I have to ask myself, what is President Trump's strategy here. A lot of people like to say he's uh, always playing chess while we're playing checkers. Well, what move did he just make with this? I don't know. Maybe Jim Jordan does. He'll join us next on AM 1420 The Answer. Get away!
0: upside down and the majority turns to the left turn to the right always right with bob France on am 1420 the answer all right
2: 936 we continue on am 1420 the answer good morning to you thanks for being with us on this thursday and thanks to congressman jim jordan ranking member of the uh judiciary committee on the house side our fourth congressional district district representative for joining us as well good morning sir how are you
3: i'm fine bob how are you doing
2: Doing all right. Trying to make some sense of what's yeah. going on right now in both Eastern Europe and in uh, in Florida. Uh, quite frankly, at Mar-a-Lago, I'll explain that question in a second. But first, let's talk about what's going on. Uh, dozens apparently are reported dead in the early stages of yeah. this Russian invasion. NATO forces, uh, defense forces, have been activated. Not sure what that means, but they've been activated. As the driving force of NATO, Mr. Jordan, do you think the U.S. will have to get involved beyond the sanction level um, in this uh, in this engagement?
3: Well, I mean, first of all, your uh, our, our thoughts and prayers are with with the Ukrainian people and what's happening to that country. Uh, uh, never met their their president, but when you go back to the impeachment a couple years ago, uh, when the Democrats went after President Trump for his phone call with President Zelensky, um, you, you you got to at least study this individual, and you, you. I really got the feeling that this was a good man who was wanting to do the right kind of things, was not corrupt, wanting to change his country. Now, and now, of course, we see what 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 what's happening with this invasion from from Russia. Uh, so, our our prayers with the entire, you know, with that great the, 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 those people and Mr. Zelensky, the President Zelensky, in, in, in the country. Um, look, I don't, I don't. We certainly don't want to send send, send troops to uh, to Ukraine. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens with um, here over the next several days. Um, but this is just wrong, and, and I think the the thing I take away from Bob's what we talked about. This is what happens when when you have a weak president projecting weakness, and what happens when you don't deal with the energy issue in the appropriate way, uh, and you give Putin what he wanted, uh, and you and you diminish the energy supply here. All that contributes to the situation we now find ourselves in, and so it's tough to say what you do now because. The, the real problems were the decisions made months and months ago that led to this point, and um, that's the real problem. And uh, now we're going to have to, I, I think, do do as much as we can with sanctions and, and, and things to 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 uh, uh, hinder the, the Russians, but we'll just have to wait and kind of see how I think this, the next couple of days play out.
2: Yeah, you, you, what you just said. I was talking about before you came on too. When Biden greenlit the Nord Stream two, allowing uh, natural gas totally. to flow from uh, from Russia to Germany, it gave him so much leverage, essentially, over yep. all of Europe. Uh And and you know, it, it was every, it was very, uh, and he did this by the way at the same time as he as shutting down the keystone xl pipeline uh you know of course hurting our energy production here so it's 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 mind boggling to think that joe biden thought that this would somehow uh, be a positive step for europe eastern europe or beyond uh and and his weakness certainly is is a big part of this um yeah. can you can you explain what we do now that he has said oh i take it back i no longer give my approval or my uh support for nord stream 2
3: well, I mean, this is the left. Though the left is so focused on, I mean, the, the simple fact is, why wouldn't you want America to be energy independent? Why wouldn't you want Americans helping uh, our allies with energy needs, not not Russia? Why, why, why in the world was that decision made? It made absolutely no sense. Anyone with common sense understands it was a stupid move. But that's in fact what the left wants. They want they they truly want. I mean, I saw this in a committee. We've talked about it before. They truly want $8 gasoline. They they want to get rid of the internal combustion engine. They want to get rid of gasoline. It it makes no sense. And now we are seeing the real world uh, consequences of stupid decisions made by the left and by this administration a year ago. And, And that's what put us in this situation. And frankly, we would not be there. Everyone knows it would not be there if President Trump was still in the White House because we were energy independent. Just a little over a year ago, and this is how bad it's done in one year when you have poor leadership and when you project weakness, uh, from this administration, which we saw firsthand a year ago in, in, in Anchorage, Alaska, when uh, Secretary of State Blinken faced off against his Chinese counterpart and the treatment the Chinese, what they said to our country, and Blinken just took it. I mean, that's the problem. And I think, again, anyone who's been paying attention can see it for what it is.
2: Yeah, there, there's no question about that. We're talking with Congressman Jim Jordan this morning on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. I want to. Speaking of weak presidents, I want to know: Did the United States essentially embolden this invasion by Vladimir Putin into Ukraine um, uh, by saying this? Will be
0: held accountable. If it invades, and it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion, and then we end up having to fight about what to do and not do, etc. We'll be held accountable
2: by announcing that a minor incursion would not be responded to. We'd have to discuss what to do about that, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Did he not essentially just telegraph to Vladimir Putin? You know, we're not going to do anything to stop you.
3: Again, this is just one more one more thing that happened in this in the run up to this, this this you know this invasion. Um, that just made no sense. That saying, saying that, you know, minor occurs using that language coupled with what they did on energy policy, coupled with the weakness projected from the administration, i.e. the exchange as an example that, that, that Mr. Blinken and, and his Chinese counterpart had in, in Alaska. I mean, all that contributes to this situation. Um, and, and I don't know what he necessarily meant by that, but I would, I would say this. I doubt if the people in Ukraine think this is minor. I think this, they, they all believe this is pretty darn major. Uh, what What happened over the last twenty four hours? So yeah. um, again, just another example of of this this administration, I think having bad policy. and this is sad to say because you want we're the greatest nation in history. you want the president, you want the commander in chief of the United States of america. You, you you actually want them to succeed, and you and you you know the the dangers of of foreign policy and what happens here if you have a weak leadership, but it's it's sad to say because I don't know one thing, not one policy area, not one thing this administration has done right. And, it, and it's not fun to say that, even though I'm a you know conservative Republican, you're a conservative, it's not fun to say that because we're talking about our great country, yeah. and it's not fair to the American people to have this kind of leadership that we've seen over the last year.
2: You tweeted something, uh, I want to ask you about, uh, uh, paraphrasing it, the Democratic Democrat Party was so obsessed over the last four years, really five years quite frankly, uh, with the Russian collusion hoax. Uh, Should their eyes have been focused on Russia's real agenda here? Did their hatred for Trump actually blind them to the threat that Vladimir Putin was ramping up?
3: Yeah, I think it's a fair question. I also think, frankly, this is a fair question. You know, and look, we know Hunter Biden has ties to both of these countries, to the corruption that was there in Ukraine prior to Zelensky and to um, getting money from, from Russia as well. So did that impact? I don't know. I don't want to say that it did, but that seems to be something worth looking into. Also, looking into this issue of for four years, they peddled this false. They knew it was false. They tried to manufacture it. Now, by the Durham filing, we know they tried to manufacture a narrative saying that President Trump was colluding with Russia. That's the words that, that Durham used. They said, produce a narrative. That's called framing someone. So they knew it was false. They did it anyway. They dwelled on it for four years. Did that contribute? I think those are fair questions. We don't know for sure, but I think people with common sense, people with logic would say, ah, that's probably not what you should be spending your time on, a false narrative. Uh, with And then this Hunter Biden situation, not looking into that, I think those are fair questions.
2: I do, too. Um, I want to ask you about the media's role in uh, in the public's perception of this, because you mentioned $8 gas a moment or two ago. CBS News just ran a story headlined in their tweet with this. The U.S. economy has been hit with increased gas prices, inflation, and supply chain issues due to the Ukraine crisis. Um, the Ukraine, the Ukraine crisis in full just began. We have been watching our gas prices go up for the last thirteen months. Supply chain and so on and so forth. How do we try? How do we get information on this? If this is what the media feeds us?
3: Well, I mean, the the, the media thinks we're all just just you know they just think we're dumb. I mean, like I and I know the American people are smart. I mean, it's like you know the American people are smart. The American people have commented, and and the media is to to peddle this complete baloney is. I mean that's today's mainstream press. Unfortunately, that's today's you know news. Uh, everyone gets it, but but I, I, I we've talked about. This. I actually sat in a committee. I saw a Democrat colleague of mine with the executives from the major oil and gas companies badger these these uh, these CEOs and say, "Will you pledge to decrease production?" Now think about that. That that drives up the cost of energy. For all Americans, which drives up the cost of every good, because you got to transport goods and services, uh, goods across the country. That's so right. when, when he is badgering these people to, to produce less, that's simply saying we're going to drive up the cost of gas and every other good. And oh, by the way, that's also going to empower Putin. Now tell me, th- th- that is the Democrat position. I saw it firsthand in committee. And I, I questioned, I, I raised the point right after this, uh, this individual got done asking these questions. I said, What do you want, $8 gas? And the truth is, they do. They want Democrat, today's left that runs the Democrat party wants $8 gas. They want to get rid of the internal combustion engine. This is how crazy they've become. And here are now the real world implications, real world consequences when you see what, when you have bad energy policy, what's, what's happening to, uh, what's happening to Ukraine.
2: Uh, We're talking with Congressman Jim Jordan on on, uh, AM 1420, The Answer, he's the 4th Congressional District Representative. You mentioned President Trump. He said this would not have happened under President Trump's watch. I concur. Uh, Putin annexed Crimea, literally went in and declared it Russian territory uh, after thumbing his nose at Barack Obama. Then comes four years of Trump. He does nothing. Now here comes weak Joe Biden, and he's going into Ukraine again. So uh, the question is, is what what did President Trump offer that Joe Biden does not? What would be a deterrent factor when President Trump was in there that caused him to pause for four years his ambitious agenda of invading Ukraine?
3: Well, I think the simple fact, no one was tougher on Russia and China than President Trump. President Trump was the first president to stand up to China. First one to to impose tariffs on certain first one to say you know what we're going to put America first we're going to bring manufacturing back to this country we're going to make sure we have the energy policy that makes us energy independent you do things like that suddenly it's like whoa we got a we got a new 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 leader on the block here these 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 uh, countries are thinking and they did with President Trump and and look the left will say well we don't Mike Pompeo got asked a question he said would this have happened under President Trump and 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 Secretary of State Pompeo said. The short answer is I don't know, but I do know this. It didn't happen under President Trump. And that says That's it all, right. because when you have strength and leadership and, and someone for the first time who was willing to stand up to Russia and stand up to China, that, that sends a different message. And we've talked about this as well, Bob. Uh, Polly and I, we've had the chance to visit Israel a number of times. And one of the things you, you hear from people in Israel, they say the best way America can help Israel, the best way you can help our country is for America to stay strong. And the truth is, when America's strong, the world is a safer and better place. And what Joe Biden has done is he's made America weak on, on energy, and he sent the wrong message, and now we have these kind of bad things happen.
2: Speaking of Mike Pompeo, the former Secretary of State you just quoted, he also said this, that uh, Vladimir Putin's end game here is to reconstitute and rebuild the Soviet Union. That's what his, his end game is and his desire is. You agree?
3: I tend to think that is uh, what he's trying to do. Um, I, I don't know if we we we've, we've talked before, but I, I had the opportunity you know, way back in the 1980s to travel to what was then the Soviet Union. It, it was it was you know like it was like a gray, dismal place. Uh, but I do think that that's what they want to go back to. I was there to, to compete in the sport of wrestling, and and um, you know I do think that's where they're headed or, or where they would like to head. Let's, I don't think they're going to get there. I don't want them to get there. Uh, I don't think anyone does, but. I do think that's probably something that that Putin uh, has got on his mind.
2: Congressman, last thing I want to ask you about, uh, I need your help here, okay? I'm a fairly educated guy with a reasonable amount of common sense, and I can usually figure things out, um, and I certainly support President Trump. But I'm scratching my head trying to understand this language from the president, the former president, uh, on a national radio show just one day before the Russian invasion. See if you can explain this to me.
4: I said, this is genius. Putin declares a big portion of the Ukraine, of Ukraine. Putin declares it as independent. Oh, that's wonderful. So Putin is now saying it's independent, a large section of Ukraine. I said, how smart is that? And he's going to go in and be a peacekeeper. That's the strongest peace force. We could use that on our southern border that's the strongest peace force I've ever seen. There were more army tanks than I've ever seen. They're going to keep peace, all right. So what I want to know, uh, Mr. Jordan, is, is has
2: Donald Trump lost his mind, or was he going full tongue-in-cheek sarcasm when he said those things about Vladimir Putin being genius uh, and trying to keep peace?
3: Yeah, I think, I think what it was, uh, I, I think, look, as I said before, no one's been tougher on on. on. China, Russia, and then President Trump, and we see the difference. And we've we talked a lot about that. Uh, I think it was the latter uh, that, that in your question. Um, and I think what he was doing was underscoring, you know, the poor decisions from the Biden administration. I, I mean, remember, this isn't also – we haven't even talked about this, but this is in the wake of the debacle that was the exit from Afghanistan. Don't don't think – that doesn't figure into these these bad guys' minds and, and to, their, to their thinking. Uh I mean, we saw what happened last summer when, when Americans were left behind, when allies were left behind, and when people were brought here who frankly weren't allies that, are, that, are, that weren't properly vetted, and maybe just as importantly, or, or almost as importantly, $85 billion of equipment and weapons were left behind. So th- th- when, when, when Putin sees that, coupled with the energy situation, all this contributes to where we are. So I think the president was just showing us how, how ridiculous some of the, 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 these policy decisions from the Biden administration were, that was his point. And, uh, man, I, I think the country, I think the vast majority of the country sees that, 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 man, it'd be nice to have President Trump in the White House versus Joe Biden uh, to deal with these kind of situations because we never have to deal with them because they wouldn't happen. If he, if, he was, uh, if he was president.
2: Well, there's no question about that. I mean, again, we talked about it. There are bookend invasions, you know, Crimea yep. uh, under Obama, and now uh, full-on eastern Ukraine uh, by Biden, and what's the gap in the middle? It was the Trump years because he was so strong, yep. and, and, and maybe even more, even better than strength. He was unpredictable. Putin didn't have any idea what would do, so he wasn't going to take a chance. He wasn't going to poke that tiger or, or pull that, uh, yeah. that, that that lion's tail or whatever the, the, the cliché is uh, and, and then see what happened, uh, because he didn't know. And that's the one thing Trump did well, is he kept and, people like that, including Xi Jinping in China as well, he kept them guessing, which is why he was yeah. able to get away with it.
3: And they see, look, look the, the, the foreign leaders see the same thing the American people see. They see the fact that... You know, President Trump would walk out on it, it. seemed like in some some weeks it was almost a daily occurrence. He'd walk out and take questions from the press, a hostile press, a press that was out to get him every single moment. He would go out and sometimes for an hour at a time. And then they see Joe Biden's reluctance is, is to be kind to his reluctance to ever face the press, to ever to ever answer questions and ever do what you have to do when you're a leader. Um I think they see that so that coupled with the energy situation, coupled with what happened in Afghanistan, it's no wonder that these bad guys are are are, are, are seeing things different than they did with uh with President.
2: Congressman Jim Jordan uh, giving us the lay of the land. It's a, it's a pretty monumental moment right now as uh, Russia invades Ukraine. It is going to have long-lasting impact here in the United States as well. Our energy costs, oil is now over $100 a barrel, barrel on the international market. We're looking at 5 $6 a gallon gas. Uh, and uh, uh, Congressman Jordan, thank you for keeping us abreast of the situation. We'll talk to you again soon. You bet. You bet. Uh, there's Jim Jordan on AM 1420, The Answer. I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm just going to go with what I really hope is the, the situation with President Trump here. And if, it's sarc- if it is sarcasm, he has an amazing deadpan delivery. You know what I mean? Only a couple of times that I hear a lilt in his voice that indicated, hold on a second. He doesn't believe what he's saying here when he says that's genius. He's saying it sarcastically. He's saying that Vladimir Putin is an idiot, but he's saying genius. And Vladimir Putin, I've never seen so many tanks there. We need uh, that on our southern border. That'll keep the peace. He says it very deadpan. Very much. But a couple of little voice inflections lead you to believe he's clowning Vladimir Putin in that statement. uh, And he is condemning the invasion of Ukraine. That's the only thing I can co- come up with here, and as I listen to it again and again and I will, I'll play it for you again and again. Maybe it is just simple sarcasm, and he's, uh, he's mocking Ukraine and or excuse me, mocking uh, Putin and Russia for their invasion uh, and not actually saying uh, that what Vladimir Putin is doing is, is genius. I want your thoughts on it. 216 8 four five triple8 two28 one1110. I'll be right back. Okay, 958. We'll try to squeeze in a call or two here before the top of the hour because we got Dr. Everett Piper there. Was President Trump being sarcastic with his praise of Vladimir Putin, describing his move as genius uh, for declaring parts of Ukraine to be his, uh, or actually to be independent and therefore um, attainable by Russia? Tell me what you think. Uh, Let's go to Derek in Richfield. Hey, Derek, go ahead. You're on the air. What What is your thought?
3: Hey, morning, Bob. Um, so, you know, yesterday I was listening to, um, you know, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on EIB. You know, they gave the hour long interview with, with Donald Trump. And, you know, what they were saying was um, that, you no, know, I mean, what, how he meant it was, you know, someone can be evil, but that doesn't mean they're stupid. An evil person can be intelligent. And, you know, and kind of given the comparison, you know, you could say, or, you know, Rommel in, uh, you know, the Desert Fox, the Nazi general um, you could say he was a brilliant strategist or general, but that doesn't mean, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're saying that you love Hitler. Um, so I, I, I thought it was, I, I thought it was sarcasm, even listening to him, you know, he's, he's saying, he's sitting back watching this happen. And, um, I mean, Putin, he, he lined everything up. He knew what he was doing and, um,
2: Okay, uh, yeah, so, not, so you're, so you're but, voting sarcasm. And I've got to tell you, and thank you, uh, the more I listen to the clip, again, usually when somebody is sarcastic, they make it obvious through their voice inflection. It's like saying, oh, that looks nice. Obviously, you're saying, that looks like crap. Uh, uh, what a beautiful day today as it snows and it's minus 30. Oh, my God, what a gorgeous day today. What a beautiful day in paradise. Somebody would say it with a voice inflection that makes sarcasm obvious. In President Trump's case here, he did not make it obvious there were only a couple of inflections that made you think that. And I'll tell you which one, you know, really kind of is is making it for me is at the very end, at the very end of that clip when he says uh, 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 about uh, Putin keeping peace on that border. He's there. now
4: saying it's independent, a large section of Ukraine. I said, how smart is that? And he's going to go in and be a peacekeeper. That's the strongest peace force. We could use that on our southern border. That's the strongest peace force I've ever seen. There were more army tanks than I've ever seen. They're going to keep peace, all right. That part, right there. The way he said it. Yeah, they're
2: going to get peace, keep peace, all right, with army tanks on their border. They are going to keep peace, all right. That little change in voice, you know, tone, that inflection is what leads me to think maybe he's pulling everyone's leg. Maybe his statements are completely mocking in tone, and and uh, and essentially. Uh, condemning Putin through this sarcasm. The more I listen to it, that's where I'm leaning right now, but I do want more of your thoughts. I'm going to talk to Dr. Everett Piper next, then we'll take more of your phone calls on this question coming up, AM 1420, The Answer.